Father, we thank you for your love. God, that you chose to give up your life, to come after us, to chase after us. God, we're so thankful for what you've done for us this morning. God, we thank you for your presence. We're thankful for who you are. God, we ask this morning as we hear your word spoken that you would speak to our hearts. God, have your way in us this morning. God, we love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say with me, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God are all we need, and we need each desperately. Amen. So in 1 Samuel chapter 24, we saw David really rising to the occasion with grace. Saul, who had been hunting him, goes in the cave of En Gedi to relieve himself, and all of David's men believed that God had given them Saul, and Saul crawled over and cut the hem of his garment. And they had that encounter outside the cave, and it broke Saul, and Saul wept, and he said, you're a much better man than I am, David. You will lead well. And he was moved with the compassion of David. And then in verse 1 of 1 Samuel 25, uh, we saw that Samuel died. And we talked about last week that that's the way death is. Samuel was a great man, great prophet, great leader, and he's gone, and that's it. There's not a lot of fanfare. They mourned for him. They buried him in his hometown in Ramah, but life moved on. And we began talking about self-assessment, asking ourselves the question, are we ready to die? And if we're ready to die, how do we want to be remembered? Because we only have two or three things that people are going, or really what's worth remembering about us, and so to live out now our obituary, what we want people to remember about us, hopefully they're things that honors the Lord. And now we pick up the story between David, Nabal, and Abigail, beginning in verse 22. Then David moved down to the wilderness of Maon. There was a wealthy man from Maon who owned property near the town of Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and it was sheep shearing time. Sheep shearing time is a time of celebration. It's a time of excitement. It's when you get to harvest your crop and you get to shear the sheep. And he also had 1,000 goats. This man's name was Nabal. And his wife, Abigail, was a sensible and beautiful woman. But Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, was crude and mean in all his dealings. How many of you know a lady named Abigail? Name Abigail. More you know that because Abigail Lawley goes to church here when she's home from the school. Abigail Lawley. People name their daughters Abigail, beautiful and sensible. How many of y'all know a guy named Nabal? You know why? Because he's an idiot. He's a fool. Nobody names their kid Nabal. It's kind of like naming your kid Hitler. Don't name your kid Hitler. And, and Nabal is, is here. He's crude and mean in all his dealings. You know any Nabals? You know any Nabals? 
you know, mechanic named Nabal or acting like Nabal, a businessman. You know, you know, Nabal's all around. They're evil. They're, they're ill-spirited. They're crude and they're mean in all their dealings. Now, in a normal uh, activity, how things happen. When David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep, he sent 10 of his young men to Carmel with this message for Nabal. Peace and prosperity to you, your family and everything you own. I am told that it's sheep shearing time. While your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them and nothing was ever stole from them. Ask your own men, and they will tell you this is true. So would you be kind to us, since we have come at a time of celebration, please share any provisions you might have on hand with us and with your friend David. David's young men gave this message to Nabal in David's name, and they waited for a reply. Here's Nabal's reply. Who is this fellow David? Nabal sneered to the young man. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? Well, he's the son of Jesse, Nabal. But who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and my water and my meat I've slaughtered for my shears and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? Nabal says, nuh-uh, ain't going to do it, no way. It's mine, 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 and I'm not going to give any of my stuff to these horrible people the son of Jesse leads. Now, look in verse 12. Remember, David just had a gospel event in chapter 24. David just exercised grace and mercy. David just rose to the occasion by sparing Saul's life. So David's young men returned and told what Nabal has said. Look in verse 13. Get your swords. John Wayne would have said, arm yourselves. By George, let's get after it. Get your swords, was David's reply, and he strapped on his own. Then 400 men started off with David, and 200 remained behind their equipment. He wasn't going to stand for it. He was not going to tolerate such rude behavior. Strapping the swords on, he has every intent to kill Nabal and his people. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master. But he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us, and we have never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, Day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. You need to know and figure out what to do, for there's going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered 
that no one can even talk to him. That's Nabal. It's not any good to be so ill-tempered that nobody will reason with you. It's not any good to have so much anger that everybody avoids you. It's just not any good. And Nabal is that way. Nobody wants to speak with Nabal because they know how he's going to respond. If, if, if no one ever speaks hard things to you, you might be like Nabal. The reason they don't ever speak to you about hard things, the reason why they never have a real serious conversation with you is because you're ill-tempered. You're hard in all your dealings. You're a pain in the neck. That's who you are. And you're avoided. You're avoided at all costs. If you're a boss and no one ever wants to have lunch with you and no one has ever wants to deal with you unless they absolutely have to because it's part of their job, go ahead and change your name to Nabal because that's the way you are. Nabal, ill-tempered, no one wants to talk with him. Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisin, and 200 fig cakes. I'd like to have some of those fig cakes. I like figs. Cake goes together. Good deal. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, Go on ahead. I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband, Nabal, what she was doing. She didn't tell him because she can't. Because he's ill-tempered. You kept things away from him. He's already caused enough trouble. If you tell Nabal, he'll make it worse. 20 says, As she was riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying, A lot of good it did to help this fella. Can you hear that? I'm sure he's just stewing over it. He's got his sword. All the men got a sword. It's about to be a day of reckoning. They are going to make Nabal pay for what he's done. He has been ill-tempered. He has been unkind. He has not been gracious. And he has insulted us. And by stars, we're going we're gonna to take care of this right now. A lot of good it did to help this fella. All that time we were over in Carmel, we never hurt him. We never stole from him. Matter of fact, we protected him. We protected all his sheep, all his goats, all his men. And he's done treated us like that. Arm yourselves. Get your swords. Let's go. We protected his flocks in the wilderness and nothing he owned was lost or stolen but he has repaid me evil for good. May God strike me and kill me if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a reckoning here. What happened with David? How did he go from up here to down here? How could he swing so far? Why is it he was willing to show all that grace to Saul, and now, because Nabal won't give him some sheep meat, he's going to kill all the people he has. Kill Nabal and all his people. David needs some self-assessment. David needs someone to speak to him. 
David needs to open his eyes a little bit. Every now and then, you and I are the same way, aren't we? We may have a good day. We may live for the Lord. We may respond like we should. We may be obedient and faithful to Christ. And the next day, we're Nabal. The next day, we're like David here. Arm yourselves. Put your swords on, boys. We're going to make things right. We're going to avenge the wrong that's been done to us. There are some assessment questions we all need to ask ourselves. What am I missing? What am I missing? Where are my blind spots? David's got a blind spot here. David's missing out something really important here. Is the direction that I'm headed the right direction? Good question to ask yourself. Before you jump off the off the cart and run headlong into some problem, some conflict, some issue, some matter. Ask yourself, is this direction I'm headed the right direction? Ask yourself, is my spirit a teachable spirit? Am I willing to listen to reason from reasonable people? Am I willing to go through with this, even if it's disobedient? Ask yourself this question. How many warnings have you ignored? Or how many warnings are you currently ignoring? David needed those questions. David needed someone to say, wait a minute, David. David needed a reasonable person to speak reason to him. What am I missing? Where are my blind spots? Is the direction I'm headed the right direction? Is my spirit a teachable spirit? Am I willing to listen to reason from reasonable people? How many warnings am I ignoring right now? Everyone that finds himself between a rock and a hard place by their own choosing... Everyone that gets themselves upside down financially, relationally, they have avoided warnings. They've avoided warnings. If they're alive and they have family and they have people, hopefully someone said, you're drinking too much. Hopefully someone says, you're spending too much. Hopefully someone says, you're angry too much. Hopefully someone comes along and says to them, you need to be more forgiving than you are. You need to forgive George. You need to forgive Sue. Hopefully someone comes along and says, do you know that you've got a pension to gossip? I mean, do you realize that? I think you have a blind spot. I think you don't realize that you're a gossip. I don't think you realize you're like Nabal. You're so ill-tempered. Nobody wants to talk with you. Every one of us that find ourselves isolated between a rock and a hard place, we've ignored warnings. That's a good lesson for all of us. What warnings are you ignoring? Here comes Abigail. Remember, she's reasonable and she's beautiful. 
good combination for marriage. Abigail, beautiful and reasonable. She's got walking around sense. It's good to have people around you that have walking around sense. When, Abel, when Abigail, in verse 23, saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all the blame in this matter. She's about to defuse an angry man. An angry man with 400 angry men with him, all with swords. 400 hungry men who are angry. They're up for a reckoning. And what does she do? She comes along in the only way to subdue these men of great vengeance and anger is she falls on his feet and says, I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. Will you just hear me out? Oh, Abigail, she's of sound reason. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. And I want you to know, David, I never even saw the young man you sent. Abigail says, I've been living with this old boy a while now. It ain't good. It's not a good road to go down. David, understand. My husband, Nabal, he's a fool. Matter of fact, Nabal means fool. They named him what he would become. He's a foolish, foolish man. Now, David, please listen to me. I didn't know you sent men to us that you needed help. Now, look what she says to David. A reasonable lady speaking reason. Verse 26. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. The voice of reason said, David, you're not a revenge taker. We've already seen that. You're, you're above all this. This isn't who you are. Come on, David. Recognize what's going on here. And then she says in verses 29 through 30, Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God. Secure in his treasure pouch. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, she says to him, David, your life is in God's hands. He has worked and is working and will continue to work in you. And then in verse 31, 
Don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. Don't do something that you're going to regret. Are you sure you need to do that? Are you sure you need to push send? For God's sakes, don't push send after you you push reply all. Do you really need to write that letter that way? That cuss word is not even spelt that way. Are you sure you need to go and reckon about this? Are you sure the way you're going to go handle this conflict is right? Maybe you're missing something. Maybe you got a blind spot. Maybe you're not headed the right direction. Maybe you don't have a teachable spirit. Maybe you're just stubborn. Maybe you're being foolish in how you're going about this. You know, you don't really have a teachable spirit. You're not in the right mindset to go deal with this this, uh, uh, crisis that you face. You need to be willing to listen to reasonable people speak reason to you. Are you are you ignoring key warnings? Abigail comes along and she comes correctly. She says the truth about her foolish husband Nabal. She's humble. She's she's humble before David. She's very you know compliant with him. She doesn't want to wrestle any more feathers. She doesn't want to even get close to doing more damage than has already been done. She speaks reason to him. David, you're not a revenge taker. We know your character. We know how God has worked in you. We know that God is working in you. And we believe that God will work in you. We see you as the mighty king. She speaks reason to him. That's true. David, your life is in God's hands. He always takes care of you. And if David would reflect and go back, he would go, yep, God is always taking care of me. What have I done here? What am I missing? What blind spot has got a hold of me here? This direction that I'm headed is not the right direction. I I don't have a teachable spirit right now. And and I need to listen to this reasonable woman speak reason to me. Look in verse 32. David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Oh, praise God. Praise God you came to talk with me. I see it now. Hallelujah, I see it now. I was about to make a foolish mistake and you came as an instrument of God and you have helped me see what I needed to see. That's the right response when you're going the wrong way, when you're being duped by a blind spot, when you're missing something, when you don't have a teachable spirit, when you're unwilling to listen to reasonable people, and when you're ignoring warnings. This is how we respond. 
This is not the time to pitch a pride fit. This is not time to be focused only on yourself. This is a time to acknowledge that you are wrong. And you've been wrong. And don't pull out your, your sword and slay the messenger. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, Return home in peace. I have heard what you have said. We will not kill your husband. I have heard what you said. This is the right response when you're David and you're wrong, and you're headed in the right direction, and you have the wrong spirit, you've got the wrong attitude, you're full of yourself, you're full on vengeance, you're going to get even with that no good scoundrel that has wronged you. Oh my Lord, you are so good to me. You sent reason to me. You sent reason to me. Thank you, Abigail, for coming and speaking such good sense to me. I've got it. I get it. I surrender. I admit I'm wrong. I accept the reason. I see it as a direct word from the Lord. Return home. We're not going to kill your husband and men. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal was throwing a big party and was celebrating like a king. He was very drunk, so she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until dawn the next day, a lady of sense, right? If, you, if you're not going to tell him anything when he's sober, for God's sakes, don't tell him stuff when he's drunk. A lady of sense here. In the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him what had happened. As a result, he had a stroke. That's what it says in the Bible. That's exactly what it says. And he lay paralyzed on his bed like a stone. His heart became stone. And ten days later, the Lord struck him and he died. The Lord took care of Nabal. The Lord took care of Nabal. The Lord took care of Nabal. David didn't need to take care of Nabal. The Lord took care of Nabal. When you are out for vengeance, man, you're making a mistake. Because if you'll sit back and be right with God, obedient to God, and keep a right frame of mind, the Lord just might smoke your enemy. He just might. And whatever the Lord does is far greater than anything we could ever do. 
So, which David are you today? Are you the good dog or the bad dog? Which David are you? Are you the David that offers grace to Saul? Or are you David that says, arm yourselves. Let's destroy them all. If you are that David, listen to reason from reasonable people. Some good questions to ask yourself. What am I missing? Where are my blind spots? Is the direction I'm headed the right direction? Is my spirit a teachable spirit? Am I willing to listen to reason from reasonable people? How many warnings have you ignored? Now, go home and read the rest of 25. Our time's done. I can read that clock real good. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he marries Abigail. He said, send for her. She's beautiful. And man, the reason, I need that woman in my life. Bring her on in. And some chick named Anom that we have no idea where she comes from, he married her too. He did the right thing. He responded the right way. But he took home two more wives. I'll let you answer that in your own way. Lord, help us to ask those questions of self-assessment. Help us to learn from your word today. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your spirit. We're thankful today, Lord, for your people. Help us, God, to be completely yours in every way. Help us to learn from the ups and downs of David. In Jesus' name, amen.